The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Amber, it is a beautiful day. A lot of people are out driving around, which is a little surprising because of the so-called gas shortage that we have been having. I don't know if there is a gas shortage. Amber, is there? I don't think so. So, gasoline demand is spiking in several states following a cyber attack that shut down the Colonial Pipeline. In just five states, the Colonial Pipeline serves Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. So, people are packing to the gas pumps like crazy trying to get gasoline. I don't understand why. It reminds me of this toilet paper shortage that we had last year before COVID got out of hand. People going to the grocery store, loading up on toilet paper. Now everybody's doing the same thing with gasoline, going and trying to hoard gas. Well, if they were always paying what I have to pay, because, you know, I use uh, what is the one between low level and, and, and high grade? Is it mid-level? I always use that. You know, I went and filled up. Do you, I'll just give you a wild guess how much it was for me to fill up my little car. <laughs> the total from on empty? On empty, baby. Rode in on E. 50? Uh, not that much, but I only have a 10-gallon tank in that thing. So That's what it's costing me. People are still filling up, irregardless of how much it costs to fill their car up. Mm-hmm. They're still filling up. It could be 60 bucks. they're still filling up. Well, a lot of places have put caps on it, I've seen, are which they? I thought was a novel idea. Yes, but I think, don't you kind of think that creates a little more panic when like, you tell people, like, hey... You can come and you can get you a little, but you can only have this much. Mm. It does. And I think that panic is what causes people to do things like this. And it's just ignorant people, people that don't have a lot of sense that do things like this. We are not running out of gas, folks. Things will be fine next week. As a matter of fact, by the end of the week, things will be okay. So quit trying to hoard gallons and gallons of gas in your garage because next week, the pumps will be full of gas. Well, the thing that got me was seeing all the different contraptments people made to put all this gasoline in. You know, I'm an environmentalist, so the environmentalist and mentalist in me loved seeing people put gasoline in garbage bags, plastic bags, all of the things that gasoline can melt through. You're telling me that they're putting gasoline. You've seen people put gasoline in garbage bags? People were posting photos. Now, whether or not it was still a funny, like somebody still had to pump something in that, like big old, like they look like big Target bags. People had Target bags full of gasoline. 
went could, to Target to go over the cartwheel sale and ended up coming home with 20 gallons of gas. And it could easily burn through the bag. <laughs> yes, eats through it. Yeah. And I would hate to be a person who smokes cigarettes because if you light up a cigarette and you've got a garage full of gasoline, I feel like that's going to spell bad news. <laughs> well, these pe- the same people that probably still smoke in their garage are the same ones putting the gas in their uh, Target bags. The FBI accused a criminal gang called Dark Side of the ransomware attack. A ransomware, if nobody knows what that is, it's a type of malware designed to lock computers by encrypting data and demanding payment to regain access. So they have held up this pipeline, these people called the Dark Side, for money, and we're just refusing to pay it. Not saying that... Uh, We're not going to take care of the problem. I don't know the ins and the outs. All I know is that by this time next week, there's going to be plenty of gas in the pumps. And did you say it's the dark side? It's not dark side of the ring. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Wait. (laughs) But it's 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 a criminal gang called the dark side. And it says here that Virginia is one of the states that has a shortage on gas. As you know, last week was Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and I went home for Mother's Day yeah. and saw my mom. She lives in Virginia. The last place I got gas was in Virginia. Well, did you have any issues? Not at all. None. And I enjoyed the trip. It's a long trip, about four and a half hours from Lexington to where my mom lives. Yeah. Noticed a lot while I was on the road. Nothing to do with gas, but I noticed the one thing that really stood out to me on my trip home to my mom's and on the way back and I guess it was just because it was just a busy weekend because of Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. was the different amount of license plates that had different slogans on them. Oh. So you know that we live in Kentucky. Kentucky has a slogan on their license plate. Do you know what the slogan is? I mean, I always know what I grew up thinking the slogan in Kentucky was. I can tell you that. What? What? Getting lucky in Kentucky. (laughs) No, that's not. (laughs) So, okay, on your license plate, it has a slogan. Do you know what the slogan says? It's on. It should be on your license plate. I mean, man, I don't really look too hard at my license plate. Okay, well, Kentucky's license plate says "Unbridled Spirit." Oh, that's our slogan. That's. I like getting lucky in Kentucky better. That, That sounds better. It used to be education pays. Do you well, remember that? Apparently, it does. So there's that. <laughs> That's why they changed That's it. That's why they had to change it. So it's unbridled spirit. But in Virginia, their slogan is Virginia is for lovers. Oh. So all of these different license plates that I saw were from different states. And it, what was fascinating about these license plates were the different slogans that was on each license plate. You know what is the one for West Virginia? Is it wild and wonderful? Wild and wonderful. Yeah, yes. Okay. Wild and wonderful for West Virginia. Okay. So, so you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm 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 smelling what you cook. So every state has a slogan. Okay. So I'm sure that you don't have any idea what you knew West Virginia's. Uh, well, but that, that's a technicality. <laughs> and you didn't even know Kentucky. So I'm gonna take a wild stab in the dark and say you don't know the majority of the slogans. Well, Probably not. And uh, like most people. So I'm going to tell you what the slogans are of each state quickly. Okay. Okay. In Washington, the slogan is say wall. Wall? Wall. Brandon Wall? Right. In Maryland, it's Maryland of Opportunities. In Rhode Island, it's Unwind. In Nevada, it's the Battleborn State. In Wisconsin, it's Live Like You Mean It. (laughs) In Arizona, it's the Grand Canyon State. Iowa is life-changing. South Carolina is smiling faces, beautiful places. South Dakota is great faces, great places. Oklahoma is okay. (laughs) 
that seriously, Oklahoma is okay. Hawaii is the islands of Aloha. New Jersey is come see for yourself. Vermont is Vermont naturally. We already said what Virginia was. Massachusetts was the spirit of America. California was find yourself here. Georgia is Georgia on my mind. Kansas is as big as you think. Arkansas is the natural state. Maine is there's more to Maine. I really would like to see what's more to Maine. I would really like to know what's more. Pennsylvania is state of independence. Louisiana is pick your passion. Tennessee is America at its best, except basketball. Texas is it's like a whole other country. Florida is Sunshine State. Connecticut is full of surprises. West Virginia, we already said what that was. Alabama is Share the Wonder. Oregon is We Love Dreamers. New York is I Love New York. I bet you knew that one. I did know that one. Uh, Delaware is It's Good Being First. Illinois is Mile After Magnificent Mile. Utah is Life Elevated. Mississippi feels like coming home. North Carolina, a better place to be. Minnesota is Explore Minnesota. New Hampshire is You're Going to Love It Here. Alaska is Beyond Your Dreams, Within Your Reach. Missouri is Close to Home, Far from Ordinary. Colorado is Enter a Higher State. We're winding down here to the bottom 10 because we already said what Kentucky was. Nebraska is the good life. New Mexico is land of enchantment. Ohio is so much to discover. Wyoming is no place on, like no place on earth. Indiana is restart your engines. North Carolina is legendary. I'm sorry, that's North Dakota is legendary. District of Columbia is taxation without representation. Uh, Michigan is Say Yes to Michigan. Idaho is Great Potatoes, Tasty Destinations. And finally, Montana is the last best place. The last best place. Yes. Well, that's a good thing you saved it for last. Yes, so I would call that the first best slogan. Well, all right. Yes. So that is the many different slogans that these states have. And I just thought that was just interesting. And it makes me wonder, where do they come from? I am very curious as to where some of these come from. Like, who in Wisconsin thought that was, like, a cool enough place to give it a slogan like that? And can we not come up with something different besides unbridled spirit? Like getting lucky in Kentucky? I'm I'm all for that. Getting lucky in in Kentucky. I think we should maybe write our senators asking for a change. We could maybe... You remember that episode in Saved by the Bell? They did the school song. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could have, like, a state slogan. Getting lucky in Kentucky. We do need something besides unbridled spirit. It's just too boring. It don't make no sense. It don't. But I'll tell you what will make sense is a lot more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. The Big Willie Style album by Will Smith was one good album. It had Get Jiggy With It on it. You love it that had, album. It had, it had Men in Black on it. Men in Black was a great song. When did Wild, the Wild Wild West song come out? That was on his Millennial album. That was a good one. That, that was fire. That was a good one. And also, Just the Two of Us. Nah, I couldn't handle that one. We can make it if we try. That was on this one, too. That was too much. But... Will Smith has been in the news lately because he is starting a weight loss journey of his own, Amber. 
you have gotten into the weight loss journey world. Mm-hmm. So has Will Smith. He is starting a six-part series, which is titled Best Shape of My Life. And it's slated to premiere next year and will follow Will Smith as he challenges himself to improve every aspect of his fitness, from agility to power to recovery and more. It will also feature special uh, special guest appearances from pro athletes, doctors, health and fitness experts, and famous YouTube creators. He posted a selfie of him in nothing but his underwear showing off his quote-unquote dad bod had a little bit of a uh, belly and he was saying i've never been in this bad of shape in my life it's time to fix it what do you make of the new will smith weight loss journey youtube series well it's funny that you should ask me what I think about this. I think this is absolutely one of the most outrageous things I've ever seen. Why are people still falling for this nonsense? It is very obvious that he done this to get himself pushed back out into the limelight. So now he's got this series targeting this whole group of people who are so vulnerable and so sensitive and they love him. And now he's going to show them all the ways he can lose weight that they'll never be able to because we don't have that kind of money. Right. Y'all get out of this field. And plus, Will has money to where he can hire exactly who he needs to hire and a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And he's got all these resources. You're not going to see everything behind the scenes. No. You're only going to see a very well put together, edited production that Will Smith and his people are going to put together. People don't even see my behind the scenes. And I am very low level fitness. And here is this man who has just this astronomical amount of money. Money. Not only does he have this money, he has all this. He has this platform that a lot of us don't have. So just quit, quit targeting people who are already sensitive and vulnerable. Just keep making movies for them. Don't give them unrealistic expectations to try to meet. I didn't think you were a big fan of the of the. You know, I love him though. I do, I do. He announced it just a day after he declared that he was in the worst shape of his life, and he shared that picture, which sparked a lot of people sharing an image of themselves in a very similar pose, mm-hmm. saying that they're going to start getting in shape too. I there's never been anybody inspire me to really take care of my fitness. Not yet, not yet. I mean, you're working <laughs> I was on gonna it. Say, what you're, are you talking about? You're, you're working on it, but I just. When I work out and stuff, I get real sore, and I'm not a big fan of that. Because I don't, you know how I work out. Guys, I, I keep trying to show him. He won't listen. I just don't like... When I work out, I don't like to get sore. People like that. People are like, ooh, I feel I feel sore. I feel like I've got something. No, I like to feel good every day. I don't like to be sore. You think I like walking around sore? Now, come on now. I'd say afterwards, you feel a lot better, though. Well, I just... I learned how to properly work out, so I don't get sore. Exactly. Well... We were talking on the last segment about state slogans and the many different license plates that these states have. Amber, my trip home from Mother's Day was eventful in itself. I saw tons of people uh, filling up for gas, seen tons of people uh, showing off their different license plates. But we've talked about road rage on this show before. Mm -hmm. I was a part of road rage yet again on my way back home from my mom's. Oh, my goodness. And this caused me to have to call 911 on the person. (laughs) 
Did you really call 911 on somebody? I did because the person was driving erratically. Yeah. But here's the thing. I had never called 911 before ever in my life until the other day. Yeah. And I was so nervous calling 911. <laughs> I was. I was more nervous calling 911 than I was the crazy driver that was driving erratically. Yeah, because you always think you'll get in trouble. Well, I always, yeah, you always think you're going to get in trouble when you call 911. Uh-huh. Have you ever had to call 911 for something? All the time. So you've called it more than once. Uh, yes. I didn't know what to expect. It was exactly what I did expect, though. Yeah. 911, what's your emergency? And I was, I was, I was nervous yeah. because I grew up watching that show Rescue 911 with William Shatner. Did you ever watch that? I didn't watch that. One. That was a good show. And it was a it was really about them talking about the famous 911 calls that reoccurred and then they would reenact them. Yeah. in the show. So, it really gave you a good depiction of what calling 911 would be like. Yeah. So, I called 911 and told them that there was a driver driving erratically. And as soon as I called 911, that person took an exit and left. Oh, that's how it always happens. That's how it always is. But I started thinking about some of the more well-known 911 calls that have happened in the world. Yeah. And I have compiled a list of disturbing 911 calls that I'm going to share with our audience today. Now, off the cuff is not for the weak at heart, and some of this material may not be suitable for your ears. So if you have sensitive ears, please turn this radio program off right now. I'll give you just a couple of seconds to do that. Just go ahead and turn the switch off because the media that we will be playing might be a little disturbing for your ears. Okay, there you go. If you're still with us, thank you. So, the first call that I'm going to play is from a lady called Nicole Brown Simpson. Have you ever heard of her? Yes, I have. Who is she? I believe she might have been maybe married to OJ. She, correct. She Was she... Was she married or were they married? Yeah, they were married. They were married, yes. They were married. And we know ultimately what happened, right? Mm -hmm. O.J. Simpson allegedly, I guess, killed Nicole Brown Simpson. So here is a 911 call of Nicole Brown Simpson reporting O.J. Simpson. This is way before he allegedly murdered her. We all knew that he was an abusive guy. And Nicole would call 911 all of the time to report O.J. Simpson beating her. And this particular incident, she calls 911 and tells the police that O.J. broke into the house and he's about to beat the crap out of her. And what's so haunting about this phone call, Amber, is we know what ultimately goes on to happen to her. Yeah. And how many times do does Nicole have to call the police for them to lock OJ up. And it makes you think about all of these domestic cases out there of people who who do call 911 and report they're getting beat. And then they come and, and they maybe slap a little stupid restraining order on the person or maybe tell them to calm down and then they go back home. They never really take care of the problem. So what's haunting about this 911 call is because we ultimately knows we ultimately know what happens to Nicole. From O.J. Simpson. So listen at this explosive nine one this explosive nine one one call that Nicole Brown Simpson made about her ex husband O.J. Simpson. Nine one emergency. Nine one one. 
emergency If you get someone over here now to 325 Gretna Green, he's back. Please. Well, okay, what does he look like? He's O.J. Simpson. I think you know his record. Could you just send somebody okay. over here? Okay, what is he doing there? He just drove up again. He just <laughs> drove up. over. Okay, wait a minute. What kind of car is he in? He's in a white Bronco, but first of all, he broke the back door down to get in. Okay, wait a minute. What's your name? Nicole Simpson. Okay, is he the sportscaster or whatever? Yeah. Okay, Thank what is, you. wait a minute. We're sending the police. What is he doing? Is he threatening you? I'm going nuts. Okay, has he threatened you in any way or, or is he just harassing you? You can hear OJ here in just a minute. In a minute. On the line. I don't want to stay on the line. He's going to beat the shit. Wait a minute. Wait. Just stay on the line so we can know what's going on until the police get there, okay? Okay. Okay. And then he door down in there. Phone booking was that. Right, you can hear him. My phone book down to right. Mm-hmm. Write down the phone number that he wanted. And then mm-hmm. he took my phone book with all my stuff in it. What the So you can hear OJ in the background screaming. So just very disturbing hearing Nicole Brown Simpson actually begging the police to come help her. And ultimately, we know what happened. He killed her. Here's another one. And this one is a phone, a 911 phone call from a girl named Amanda Berry. Have you ever heard of a, a girl named Amanda Berry? Amanda Berry? No. Amanda Berry is from the Ariel Castro kidnappings. She was taken between 2002 and 2004. Her and two other females were taken by this guy. And he kidnapped them for over 10 years, kept them in his house, chained up. Chained up. So this girl was kidnapped for 10 years in this guy's basement. She escaped his basement while he went to work and ran to the neighbor's house next door and called 911. She said, hey, I'm Amanda Berry. I've been missing for 10 years. You need police, fire, or ambulance? I need police. Okay, and what's going on there? I've been kidnapped, and I've been missing for 10 years, and I'm, I'm here. I'm free now. Okay, and what's your address? Uh, 2207 Seymour Avenue. 2207 Seymour. It looks like you're calling me from 2210. Huh? It looks like you're calling me from 2210. I can't hear you. It looks like you were calling me from 2210 Seymour. Yeah, I'm across the street. I'm using the phone. Okay, stay there with those neighbors. Talk to the police when they get there. So this girl had been kidnapped for 10 years. She had been all over the news. They had been looking for her, never was reported dead. And she had been in this town of Cleveland, this busy town, this subdivision the whole time, just in this guy's basement, chained up. Yeah, I think there were maybe multiple women that were in there. I think there were maybe like three other women. Yeah, two more other than her were in there with her. And uh, luckily, because of that phone call, they arrested Ariel Castro and they got the other women safely uh, back to their homes. They had all been missing for over a decade. But you can hear Amanda Berry's voice. You notice how she sounded like a little tiny girl? Well, yeah, she hadn't been outside outside those walls. No, because she was what she was taken when she was 13 and and what she was 23 when she finally escaped. Wow. So just hearing that actual fear in her voice is disturbing. Very disturbing. Here's another one. Here's another 911 call. This one I find very smart. 
This woman disguises her 911 call by ordering pizza. Okay, take a listen. She is a hostage of her violent boyfriend, and she calls 911 and acts like she is ordering a pizza. Sorry, got 911. I would like to order a pizza at... You called 911 to order a pizza? Uh, yeah, apartment... This is the wrong number to call for a pizza. No, 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 you're not. I'm getting you now. Okay, so the 911 call call dispatcher says, okay, I'm getting you now, so continue to listen to the phone conversation. The other guy still there? Yeah, I need a large pizza. All right. How about medical? You need medical? No. With pepperoni. After. So I thought that was very smart, and after the 911 dispatcher worked with her, they safely got the cops over to her and arrested her violent boyfriend. So... There are ways around of calling 911. You just have to be smart. That's that fight-or-flight mentality. Well, and you also have to have someone on the other end of the line that is perceptive to what is going on. And I feel like any, you know, at any given time, that gentleman could have been like, no, you called the wrong number and hung up the phone. And I think so many times maybe things like that do happen. So it gets fearful. Here is another one. This one comes from the King of Pop, Michael Jackson. This is a famous 911 call. When he passed away, this is the 911 call that they made right beside of Michael Jackson as he was laying there dying. Take a listen. Fire paramedic 33, what is your address for emergency? Yes, sir. I need to. Uh, I need an ambulance as soon as possible, sir. Okay, sir. What's your address? Los Angeles, California, 90077. You said Carrollwood? Carrollwood Drive, yes. Yes. Okay, sir, what's the phone number you're calling from? Hey, sir, sir. and what's the problem exactly what happened? Uh, sir, I have a, we have a, a, a gentleman here that needs help, and he's not breathing yet. He's not breathing, and we need to, we're p- trying to pump him, but he's not, he's okay. not breathing, sir. Okay, how old is he? He's uh, 50 years old, sir. 50, okay. He's unconscious, he's not breathing? Yes, he's not breathing, sir. Okay, and he's not conscious either? Not no, breathing. he's not conscious, sir. Okay. So, all right. Do you have anyone? Is he on the floor? Where's he at right now? He's on the bed, sir. It's, He's on the bed. it's crazy to think about. They're talking about okay, Michael Jackson. Okay, let's get him down to the floor. I'm gonna help you with CPR right now, okay? We need him. We need him. Yes, we're already, we're already on our way there. We're on our way. I'm gonna do as much as I can to help you over the phone. We're already on our way. Did anybody see him? So, so did they ever say this is Michael Jackson? No. Uh, no. Oh. They never did say it was Michael Jackson. But I guess what does that matter? I mean, true. So. Uh, one more here, and this one is definitely a disturbing 911 call, just to forewarn everybody. There was a woman who used to have a pet chimp, and she used to have this pet monkey. You know, monkeys are cute. Monkey see, monkey do. But monkeys, especially chimps, are not made to be owned by human beings like a dog is. No. And this chimp, the reason for it is because they're wild animals, Mm -hmm. and they can turn on you at any time. This woman had this pet chimp, and this woman was hanging out with another one of her girlfriends, and the chimp got jealous and started attacking this woman's friend. Mm. Let's take a listen. Stand for 911. Where's your emergency? This is Sandy. 231 Rock Rock, Rock. What's the problem? Send the police. Send the police. What's the problem there? The, the chip killed my my friend. What's the problem with your friend? Oh, please. 
What's the problem with your friend? I need to know. Police officer with a gun! With a gun! Hurry up! Who has a gun? Please hurry up! He's killing my girlfriend! What is the problem? He's killing my friend! Who's killing your friend? My chimpanzee! Oh, your chimpanzee is killing your friend! He ripped her apart! Hurry up! With a gun! Hurry up, please! There's someone on the way! With guns, please! You shoot him! What is the monkey doing? Tell me what the monkey's doing! He ripped her face off! He ripped her face off? So, calm down a little bit. They're on the-, the chimp ended up, the woman ended up living the chimpanzee attack. However, she is permanently disfigured. She has no face. Yeah. And that is very hard to listen to, especially when you've got an idiot 911 dispatcher not really understanding what you're saying. Well, and I mean, that's that's where it comes into play. Like when you take these emergency calls, like these people act like, you know, 911, what's your emergency? I understand it is a job and we have to have someone do it. But typically when people are hitting 911 on their phone, just like you said when you were calling earlier, it puts a set of panic in you because obviously something is wrong. And even though this is your job and you hear these calls all day, day in, day out, that person that is calling you in that moment is having the worst time of their life. And they literally do not need to sit there and reiterate to you constantly, bring a gun because my chimp's killing my friend. The second she said, hey, Help send police bring a gun. My friend's dead. Uh, ma'am, we're on the way. Are you okay? Let's talk. Let me calm you down for just a second. Right. Stop interrogating. It's not an interrogation. Right. This woman's calling you out of fear, out of the need for help. There needs to be better training in the 911 service. You hear about people, the intense training that they have to go through. I watched that movie with Halle Berry. It was where she was on the phone with some girl trying to help her. She was hiding in the closet as an intruder broke into her house. Yeah. And Halle Berry got disconnected with her, and she tried calling her back and made that girl's phone ring, which Mm. made the intruder find out where she was Mm -hmm. and killed the girl Mm. or kidnapped the girl. So Halle Berry felt so responsible, she went after the girl to save her herself. It's a very Hollywoodish movie. (laughs) I was going to say. But things like that happen. Things like that, 911 dispatchers, they're not properly trained, and they could cause more harm than help. Exactly, because at the end of the day, we are only human. Exactly. So better training needs to be... Three, two, four, four. Better training needs to occur for the uh, 911 dispatchers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these words. Stick with us. back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. You might be used to hearing that theme when you get off the bus from school, walking into your living room, or I know that some states have this show on at different times. Maybe it's on in the morning, but it's definitely been on the last 19 years. Ellen DeGeneres has been the host of the Ellen DeGeneres Show for 19 seasons. She is going to be calling it quits after her final 19th season ends at the end of 2022. Ellen DeGeneres is ending her talk show. After more than 3,000 episodes, she's calling it quits. She says that it's not as challenging as it once was, and she needs to be challenged because as a creative person, she constantly wants to do that for herself. What do you make of the news? So you mean to tell me that this lady who 
loved doing this show, put it all over everything. It says that she is no longer challenged, but I just have to challenge her no challenge statement and just ask, I mean, does this have anything to do with the fact that people might have said you're you're not very nice? I think it has you're everything. Nice? I think it has everything to do with that. Uh, you have to It's not a coincidence that Ellen DeGeneres is leaving her talk show after claims of unkind behavior and bullying and a significant dip in ratings and sponsorships. She said, okay, I'm not as likable as I once was, and she knows that people aren't going to tune in like they once did. It's a different world we're living in now. And 2020, yes, it changed a lot of things for a lot of people, Things aren't going to be exactly the way they were, and that's included for Ellen DeGeneres. You can't come back after allegations like that. Allegations that you're mean, that you're a bully, that you won't even let people look you in the eye. So we have had too many people come out against her to say that. And Ellen, she does put off that I'm too good for you type of vibe because you see her just... You can tell by the way she prances around, (laughs) the way she prances around. And she puts on this image on TV like she's so lovable, she's so kind, she's so giving. But we all know it's just a big, nice tax write-off. Well, I mean, I just think, again, that goes to show for the the kind of person she is. I mean, instead of just saying, hey, you know, maybe I need to reevaluate the way that I ran my show. Obviously, a lot of people have come forward uh, speaking about the toxic work behavior. Uh, she could have used this as a moment of of, of learning and, and maybe sparked, a, you know, a whole a whole thing for her, you know, learning to become a better person, you know, especially as an, uh, you know, as a person who was already, you know, um, I don't want to say, you know, stigmatized because, you know, she was one of the first females to come out as gay, you know, being um, on television and being, I think she was even in a sitcom or a show for a while. You know, she should have used her trailblazer status for a good good cause instead of putting that back on the art that she so loved for so long. Now it's no longer challenging. Is it no longer challenging because someone challenged you? There were rumors that the show was getting canceled. And I want to go on record and say that the show wasn't canceled. She is stepping away. However, a lot of the times people step away when they foresee a cancellation in their near future. Mm -hmm. The Ellen DeGeneres show was dropping so low in ratings, it was almost to the point of of not fixing it. It It was unrepairable. You talk about a fall from grace. You talk about a person who went from everybody loving... To everybody not being able to stand. You talk about a person, every time she would get on TV, everybody would just start smiling and say, she's so funny, I love Ellen. And then you see Ellen on TV, and you just see a plethora of eyes rolling in the back of their head. Mm -hmm. Because people are like, oh my gosh, here she goes again. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not like that Ellen wore her welcome out. Because people, yes, they can stay on TV for a long, for too long. It's not that she wore her welcome out. It's just... Her true color started to really come through, and she got outed, and I'm not talking about her sexuality. No, and there's only so many cars and free giveaways that you can do on your show to keep people coming in before you finally have to be like, okay, well, this isn't challenging anymore because I'm not really that nice. She says that she is going to consider doing a movie next, but she will mostly be focusing on her uh, conservation work. And though she distanced herself from claims of toxic workplace culture, 
she did acknowledge a lesson gleaned from accusations. So she's saying she's not having as much fun anymore as she once did. But that she had a lesson learned but yet did nothing with that star power status he has to put that lesson into action. But she goes on to say this. She says, you realize, and I'm quoting Ellen, she says, you realize that every single encounter means something. And if, for whatever reason, one day I wasn't dancing when I'm in the dry cleaners or I didn't smile at somebody, it's like, oh, did that affect somebody? Was that what they meant? She said, and I don't know. But I know that I'm just a person with a lot of different emotions, and I struggle with depression and with anxiety. So every day, I'm not super smiley, but my intention is to never hurt anyone. So Ellen is saying that when she's out at the grocery store and somebody sees her and she's not dancing and smiling, they just think she's rude and hateful because she's not how she appears to always be on TV. And she says that she's just kind of over that, and she wants to back away from always being in the public every single day, which is understandable. I couldn't imagine somebody thinking that I'm just a hateful person because I'm smiling all the time on TV, and then when they see me, I might look at them the wrong way, and they get out and tell everybody I'm a hateful person. No, I'm not a hateful person. I just I might have had something in my eye, and you might have took that the wrong way like I was giving you an evil look, but I wasn't. Well, but, you know, she brought up the dry cleaner and people seeing her out in public, and these accusations were not made by people out in public. Right. These were accusations made by people that worked directly underneath her. And I'm sorry, but if, you know, these people were going to forego their own job, job to to come forward and speak about the toxic work environment come on you're gonna have to do just a little bit better than that and come on ellen you ain't been to a dry cleaner in 30 years i was gonna say would you stop hush that nasty talk go out to the dry cleaners but yes she is leaving her show at the end of its final season it will start in september and end in may so the end of an era 19 seasons they asked her why she's not doing 20 they said 20 is a good number but she said so is 19. So 19 is going to be when she ends it. Uh, they tried to get her to complete the end of her contract, which is at the end of 2023, but she says that she wants to leave early. I don't think it's a coincidence after everything has happened. I think that she got exposed and she realizes that she is not in the environment she needs to be in anymore. Hmm. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Off the Cuff to take its Song of the Week break. Roll them windows down and enjoy a little Weezer. Can't knock the hustle. We'll be right back after the song. Usually divorce can get really, really expensive. But I don't see one topping this. Bill and Melinda Gates are divorcing after 27 years of marriage. I've heard of a lot of celebrities divorcing and having big settlements. What's going to top this one? Because you got the richest man in the entire world splitting up his fortune. Now, Melinda Gates, it's argued that she is just as entitled to this fortune as Bill Gates because she has stood with him through his success. She has been beside of him as he gets his wealth. Uh, He's 65 years old. We all know he is the co-founder of Microsoft, and he is maybe the richest person in the world, if not the richest. I think it goes back and forth between him and Jeff Bezos right now. But he is an estimated, he's got an estimated $124 billion, according to Forbes, and he's got three children with his wife, Melinda, 
uh, all ranging from the ages of 18 to 25, and they are now divorcing. Bill Gates' golf buddies said that he told them, Bill on the golf course, that he and Melinda had been distant for years. They sleep in separate bedrooms. They're not really married. They don't feel like a married couple. And what really fascinated me about Bill Gates was the 1997 interview that had resurfaced stating that he and his wife, Bill and his wife Melinda, had an agreement that Bill was permitted one weekend a month, or I'm sorry, one weekend a year to spend with his ex-girlfriend at a beach house. (laughs) Do what? (laughs) Melinda and Bill had an agreement that every year, Mm -hmm. one weekend a year, Mm -hmm. Bill could spend a weekend with his ex-girlfriend at a beach house. What was so great about this one ex-girlfriend that she got, like, rode into the prenup, That's baby? That's why I want to know what is so great about this ex. I need to meet her. <laughs> I, I need know. to know the secret sauce. And he didn't care. He said, I just have to have one weekend. I just have to have one weekend a year with her. With her. With her. It don't matter how rich I am. I just, you know, a man who has it all, a mm-hmm. man who has every dollar that you could possibly envision in your head, he has every every dime in the world. He still wants to be with her. Wants to be with that one woman one weekend a month at a beach house. That's a great location. It's a great location. So if you want to be with her so much, why didn't you just go be with her every day if she's that great? Well, because she's not that great all the other days of the year. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Because there are people out there that they're great, but only for a couple days. Yeah, for like a day a week. Yeah. Even, maybe a day a month. Well, according to Bill, a day a year. Well, two days a year. Two days a year. A weekend. Three if it's a long weekend. It could be. An, yeah. extend, an extended weekend could be Labor four. Labor Day weekend, four. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe uh, he waits to have her meet up with him for an extended weekend. Exactly. Like on one of those weekends where you get the Friday and the Monday off. But they are divorcing. Do you feel like that... Even though Bill is the mastermind behind Microsoft and he did work and made his millions, do you think that Melinda is entitled to his fortune? Because she has been with him uh, throughout his success, and she has worked side-by-side with him uh, with their foundation. She might not necessarily be the brains behind the whole thing, but do you think she's entitled to some money? You know, TLC came out with a song back in the 90s, and you know what it said? What? Ain't none of my business. And that's literally what it is. Ain't none of my business. If they want to split, if they want to take all every money, bit of money they got, and go outside in their backyard and roll around in it, that's fine with me. Do what you got to do. Unless she ain't giving it to me, I don't care. But... Um, let's just take away it being Bill and Melinda, and let's just say it's it's somebody who is married to somebody who is rich, and that person stood by that person even before they were rich, and then they absolutely. got and they got rich while they were married. Do you think that the wife is absolutely. entitled, even if the wife didn't work making any of that money? Do you think she's still entitled to some of that money? But he still had to come home every night and probably get in a bed that she had to make in the beginning, and he probably still came home every night and had to eat, and he he had three kids, so he had to have a woman, you know, take care of his children. I mean, yeah, just yes. you know, we talk all the time, you know, privately about how monetary is not the only way you contribute. 
And, you know, when you are a stay-at-home wife, which Melinda definitely was not, uh, you know, I think you're always entitled, not because it's an entitlement, but because you guys have entered a partnership. Yes, I do. I can't, It's situational. Yeah. It's always situational. Like Vince and Linda McMahon. <laughs> if 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 Vince McMahon divorced Linda, she would get 50% of everything he had because when Vince McMahon... Before he even incorporated Titan Towers, he was married to Linda. So they lived in a trailer together before he had any success. So, yes, she is just as part of World Wrestling Federation as what Vince McMahon is. He's just more out in front of the open. Exactly. But very expensive divorce, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Bill and his, his ex. I wonder if that will turn into a more of a... Was Melinda going to get added into that rotation? Like, he gets a weekend with this one ex, now a weekend with her? I don't know. I need to hit up Melinda, because she's apparently on the market now. Uh, And she's one of the richest women in the world. Because Jeff Bezos and his wife recently divorced, didn't they, just a year ago? I think so. Yeah, and that was one of the largest divorce settlements of all time. So, now you got Bill and Melinda doing the same thing. So, Melinda, if you listen to Off the Cuff, hit me up. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take one more break. we got one more segment to go here on Off the Cuff. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Last segment of the hour. Amber is also in studio with me. We talked about the Kentucky Derby last week. Bob Baffert, the most recognizable name, arguably, in Derby history, has been in the news. We know that he was the trainer of the winning horse, Medina Spirit. But we have now heard from the Baffert barn that Medina Spirit had tested positive for an excessive amount of the steroid betamethasone which is sometimes used to treat pain and inflammation in horses. Medina's, Medina's Spirit's win over Mandolin in the Derby stands for now, as this is under investigation. But if they find out that he had an illegal amount in his system, they will strip Bob Baffert from his win, and they will make Mandolin the winner. The only horse to ever be disqualified for medication after winning the Derby uh, was back in 1968. Dancer's Image was the name of that horse. Medina's spirit was found to have 21 pisograms. How how much is pisograms? I don't even know what pisograms means. (laughs) I might have to look at that word. Medina's spirit was found to have 21 pisograms of betamethazine, slightly more than double than what the trainer said was the allowable amount in a post-trace sample. Betamethazone is the same drug that was found in the system of Gamin, another Baffert-trained horse who finished third in the Kentucky Oats last September. Gamin was eventually disqualified from the finish because of the test, and Baffert was fined $1,500. Betamethazine is legal under Kentucky racing rules, though it must be cleared 14 days before a horse races. He did not have it cleared. He will... Run in the Preakness, talking about Baffert's, his horse will run in the Preakness this Saturday, May the 15th. And the reason he still gets to run is because he's still not been found officially guilty. If he is found guilty, Bob Baffert, in order to make a 
to make waves, I think they need to strip his win, and they need to ban this man from ever entering another horse in the Kentucky Derby. Isn't this a known issue? Or, like, hasn't he had issues in the past? And that's why. It's, he is a great, he's a winner. He's won four or five times. I talked about him last week, how much he's won. But... It doesn't change the fact that he's a cheater. Mm-hmm. And, dude, you're a cheater. You've won so much because you've cheated. Mm-hmm. So are, are you really good or are you just cheating? Of course you're going to be the most recognizable name in the industry if you cheat. Well, yeah. So I just don't think that you should be allowed to stay in the industry if you get found cheating. I think the three strikes. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah. So he will race in the Preakness and... The investigation is still pending, so I am curious to see how that turns out. But ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for another episode of Off the Cuff. You can listen to all of our previous episodes by subscribing to our podcast at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever podcasts can be listened to. New episodes come out every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9. You can follow my co-host Amber on social media at Ambu447. You can follow me, the host, on social media at The Adam Banks. You can follow Off the Cuff on Instagram and Facebook at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. That is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks. And this is Off the Cuff. We'll see you next Thursday from 4 to 5.